Do you desire to have highly functioning and healthy friendships, marriage, and relationships with your loved ones and colleagues? And I know you're saying, yeah, I kind of do, except uh, my mouth gets me in trouble sometimes. Well, how about if I offered you three tips to get you on the right track to becoming an encourager, not a naysayer, to become that person who inspires others, not demoralizes them, that person who holds their tongue? Well, please stay tuned, Brain Changer, for a shot in the arm of hope to become the kind of you you always wanted to be. On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In Psalm 15, the psalmist alludes to the hill of Zion, to the tabernacle of God, which was thereon, and to the character of the priest who should officiate in that tabernacle. It was possibly written during the Babylonian captivity, according to the Blue Letter Bible. It's just five short verses attributed to David. Let's listen to this psalm just right out of the gate, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty of a practical application. We are brain changers, determined to examine our thoughts and make sure they're god on. If our thoughts are God-honoring, so too will our speech be. So let's listen. Psalm 15, the NIV version. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. And this is the word of the Lord. Well, this five-verse psalm sounds kind of proverbial in nature, doesn't it? And it's attributed to David, and it illustrates to you the epitome of a commendable Christian lifestyle. It's like a primer on Christian conduct. I heard Tim Keller say recently that when the Bible tells us to walk in love, for example, walking is something so ordinary and routine for us. The Bible doesn't say to somersault in love, he said. Because think about it, a somersault is something that we must calculate and plan and really focus on in order to do it. But walking comes relatively easily to us, and we don't have to think about the action itself. And I wonder, are the traits outlined in Psalm 15 easy for you to carry out on a daily basis, or do you find that you really have to focus to attain such a virtuous level? In other words, are you blameless without effort? Do you speak the truth on a regular basis? Do you effortlessly avoid slander and slur? Are you characterized by not wrongdoing your neighbor? Do you despise vile people? Do you honor those who fear the Lord? Do you keep an oath even when it hurts? Are you stable in your commitments, not changing your mind? Do you tend to lend money to the poor? Have you ever accepted a bribe? Well, do you walk in these traits without deliberation because they're so natural to you? 
or do you occasionally focus so intently on them that it's more like a somersault personal characteristic for you? In other words, how's your Christian conduct going these days? And does it really matter? Do you find yourself wanting to do better in any area? Well, I promised you three tips on marking your lips. But before we get there, let's hone in on one of the themes from our Psalm 15, and it's gossip. Now, we're going to look at how the world might define it and, and what the Bible says about it. Gossip is made of words, and words at root are thoughts. Our words have power, and so it follows that our thoughts must have power. So stay tuned to be exhorted and encouraged to watch what you say in order to drastically improve your relationships. Guaranteed. You know, the tiniest bit of caution can go a long way. If you desire to have highly functioning and healthy friendships, marriage, and relationships with your loved ones and colleagues... Now, the world might tell us that gossip is good. However, this watered-down version of the word implies simply staying connected via our conversations with others, no matter the topic. Well, this really isn't gossip at all, but rather social sharing that helps us to stay connected and involved, that may increase our sense of community and belonging. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Well, apparently we spend most of our time talking and chatting about other people. But it's not necessarily bad or a backbiting type of negative and demoralizing gossip. And there's Rico coming in on the show. Let me grab him. Come here, Rico. Oh, this little doggy. I love him. You count on him to say hello, don't you? Well, he had one little bark and that's it. Now I'm scratching his neck, which is his favorite thing for me to do. Now, in case you haven't met Rico, he's a five pound Maltese Yorkie mix. So he's commonly called the Morky. And I have fun with Rico. I call him my blog mascot, podcast mascot, because I, I spell his name M-O-R and then capital K-Y for Kentucky, which is where we podcast, which is where we live. So he's known around Midway, my little town, as as this cute little feisty dog. I, you know, I never wanted a, a doggy that was like, like a pure breed kind of dog that, you know, like a show dog. And really Rico should have very long hair and he's hypoallergenic. He actually has hair, not fur. It's the craziest thing. But if you're allergic to dogs, this is, these are great breeds to have because they don't really have dander. They don't shed and they don't cause allergies in humans. And, but I always like the mutt type dogs and I like scrungy, scroungy, whatever the word is, kind of, kind of dogs that are just feisty and fun and cute and normal and not pristine. And, and if you have one of those dogs, that's fine. But for me, I like the rugged, roughy kind of type of dogs, kind of like Hank the cow dog, <laughs> if you've ever read those books or you and your kids. But that's the kind of doggy I want. And that's what I made Rico to be. So if you look at him, I actually do his grooming and I cut his hair and he looks so funny and he... He's just the cutest little raggedy kind of little doggy. But anyway, here he is on my lap. But let's go. So we're we're kind of talking about the difference between, you know, the world will turn things on its head and call call bad things good and good things bad, right? And that's kind of what I think the world has done with gossip. It's like, hey, gossip is okay. Matter of fact, when I researched it, I found so many articles that said gossip was a good thing and what you haven't thought about gossip. But really, they weren't defining gossip. They were defining just the normal ways that we stay connected as we talk to people. And of course, we're going to share our events. We're going to share intimate details. And, and of course, that causes us to feel connected within a group. But 
what we're taking away here from Psalm 15 is referring to what we'll call negative gossip, if you will. You know, that type of gossip where you diss others that is an absolute form of psychological cancer in social relationships. It is not helpful in the least. And then I thought, well, why do people gossip anyway? I found one article that was quite telling and it was, and I'll put the link in the show notes, but it was discussing why people gossip at work, but I think we can apply it to any place. And there were four reasons. One was fear of the unknown. Like, have you ever been out of the loop about something going on at the corporate office or in your office? And, you know, people start probing around to find out, hey, what's going on? Or did you hear? Or this is what I found out. And they may wonder if their job's on the rocks or if they're ever going back to work face to face or if they can keep working from home. Those kinds of things. Just everybody wants to be in the loop on things. Another reason that people may gossip is because they want to be a part or belong to the big group. They want to be in the know, not excluded and out of the loop. Maybe people crave intimacy and deep connection. But from this article, I'd like to give this quote because it talks about how, and I'm quoting here, gossip is one of the quickest and easiest ways to connect with another human being. The secrecy, forbidden, and exclusive nature of confiding in someone, something that's a bit subversive or judgmental, is social superglue. Through the veneer of momentary vulnerability and trust, the two are bonded. Okay, but then the article goes on to say, unfortunately, gossip is a very sloppy second to real meaningful connection. So we got to be careful with that. We were craving intimacy and deep connection, but if we use that backbiting gossip as a way to get it, it's really not our wisest choice there. And the fourth reason they gave was that people want to work with people they consider peers. And in other words, it's like like-minded, like, um, you know, our abilities are the same. So basically the author saying that when we're linked to someone who falters or lacks the skills that we have that aren't, quote, our peers, we tend to talk about them negatively. Sometimes this even happens in pickleball. I'm sorry to say that we women may talk about those gunners, the bullies, those forceful hitters who we'd really rather not play against because we feel targeted. Maybe you work with a slacker and you're up to your ears and having to do their load and yours and you just want to vent. Okay, you get the picture. That's another reason that we, that we may talk about other people. Well, let's be clear about this. Sharing our lives with another individual can be extremely vital, if not a necessary form of human connection. God created us to be involved in relationships. He wired us for deep and meaningful intimacy with other human beings. As we share our lives, our concerns, our ups and downs with others, we create meaningful bonds chemically through serotonin and oxytocin. Oxytocin is that cuddle hormone you know, the feel good one. And and that's how we feel when we're understood and we seek to understand others. These are just basic human responses within any relationship. However, there's a point where our necessary sharing and chatting about others as we do life can turn to something amiss. Well, how does the, the Bible define gossip? In our Psalm 15 focus, we find the word slander, which means a tale bearer and a spy. And we find the word slur, which means to taunt, to scorn, to reproach, as well as to shame or to disgrace. And let me share with you the other things the Bible says about gossip from the Old Testament. Proverbs eleven thirteen says that a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Proverbs 18, 8, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. 
Proverbs 2019, a gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. Proverbs 2620, without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. And then we can fast forward to the New Testament. Paul writing in 2 Corinthians 12, 20 says this, for I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I went a little further in my research. I, I like to go to the Jewish encyclopedia and I found that the slanderous tongue is called teletai or threefold as being a threefold murderer. Listen to this. It ruins the slanderer, the listener, and the ma maligned. Isn't that interesting? It's a threefold murderer. Ruins you, the one who listens, and the one you're talking about. Now that is a powerful statement to kind of chew on. Even Socrates said this. I thought it was curious. It's kind of a little slide no side note here. He said, strong minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Weak minds discuss people. Hmm. That's something interesting, something to think about. Well, I can also tell you that I found there's an old Hebraic saying or Jewish saying that let the honor of thy fellow man be as dear to thee as thy, thine own. In other words, you're concerned about your own personal honor. Are you as concerned about the personal honor of someone about whom you're speaking? Okay, so what are those three tips to improve our social interactions with anybody? Here they are. You can use the THINK acronym to guide you. Have you heard of that before? It's like this. Before you speak, ask yourself, is what you'd like to say, is it true? That's the T. Helpful. That's the H. I is inspiring, in necessary, and the K is kind. If not, hold your tongue. So again, use the THINK acronym. Is what you're saying true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, or kind? And by the way, you can even apply that to your own self-talk. Listen to what you're telling yourself. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring, necessary? And is it kind? Too often, if we're not dissing someone else, we're dissing ourselves. Let's not play on the enemy's team and come into agreement with what he says about us. All those lies. Let's not do it. The second tip is decide now whether you want to be a part of the problem or the solution, whether you want to be someone who stirs up conflict or one who is a peacemaker. And number three, be determined to be a person of grace and compassion, not disgruntled and caustic with, with all those icky grumblings on your tongue. Okay, we know where gossip starts. It's in our hearts and it starts with our thoughts. We tend to ruminate on negative occurrences so much so that the negative event grows in our minds, driving deeper and deeper tunnels or grooves in our brains, literally. How we perceive another person or another incident grows and grows and grows because we're giving such emotional energy toward it. And we run the risk of stepping into unforgiveness, resentment, or even bitterness if we keep replaying and rehashing the same negative junk about somebody else. Our words have power. The more we speak negative life-sucking words over another individual, whether we're simply sharing our life and bonding with another individual or whether we're truly gossiping, backbiting, slandering, and slurring someone else, the end result 
appears to be the same in our brains. What we believe becomes a reality of sorts and shades how we see that person. We become part of the problem and not the solution. Even when we speak of our loved ones, we're better to say something like they made a selfish decision, not that they're selfish. Like they're so selfish. They're so prideful. You know, we're better to say "Mm," in that instance, it, it appears they behave selfishly. We distinguish between the person made in God's image and the act or the choice that they made. If we conclude that they're selfish, guess what? Our brains are going to look for evidence that this is true, and it's going to support that conclusion. The more selfish we say someone is, it's almost like the more selfish they become in our perspective, in our minds. Our brains and perspective become painfully narrow to the point that we do not see anything but selfish behavior in that person we love. This kind of negative, toxic thinking is not godly. Boy, And I'm not saying I haven't done it. Believe me, I have. I really have. And it has brought ruin to my life. Now, before we go further, let me underline one huge principle in this entire message. Psalm 15 starts with the profound questions, who may dwell in God's sacred tent? Who may live on God's holy mountain? And then it lists the qualities and character traits of those who might dare to do so or who might pass the muster or somehow after a great inspection be found worthy to do so. But you and I know that we take the Holy Spirit with us wherever we go. We are never shaken because God lives in us. John 1.14 says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Well, that word dwelt, dwelt among us means tabernacled. It means to tent or to encamp, to reside as God did in the tabernacle of old in that tent. It's a symbol of protection and communion. God protects us and communes with us daily. Jesus was the word made flesh. Jesus made the way so that you and I, though we may fail in any and all areas of Christian conduct and behavior, including the unlashing that we may give with our tongues, the gossip, the lies we spread, we are still accepted, loved, and forgiven. That same spirit will give you the unction to watch your thoughts and watch your words regarding someone else. Before you speak negatively about someone else, remember just how much you've been forgiven. Ask yourself, have I ever done such a deed in my life? Have I ever lied? Have I ever done something foolish? Have I ever been selfish? Of course you have, and so have I. And this should be enough to melt your heart and soften how you see any other individual. Instead of gossiping about them and their behavior, maybe you can encourage them, reach out to give them a hand with something, show them a smiling face, speak a kind word over them, look for their positive traits and emphasize those traits. Let you and I be characterized by love effortlessly. May we walk in love and may the words that we say be sprinkled with love, undergirded by love, that same love that we have received. Again, those three tips, use the THINK acronym. I like to use Philippians 4.8. I apply that to every thought since the Bible clearly tells us what to think about. What we think about, we're going to say. And so the words we say are reflective 
of deep in our, in our hearts. So maybe you want to print out this verse and use it as a daily guide to healthy God filled thoughts. And by the way, I have a, a, a printable for you, something you can download and print. And it's a little Philippians 4, 8 encouragement sheet so that you can actually Philippians 4, 8, every thought, make that a verb in your life. And that second one, the second tip was asking yourself if you're only keeping an irritation going or if you're furthering the drama or if you're aiming for peace. Instead of talking about that guy who never does his work or who's always complaining, instead you can seek out his positive qualities or share with him how you overcame feeling overwhelmed at work and how you tackle hard projects. Can you hone in on his strengths and not his weaknesses? And finally, may your thoughts and your words be riddled with grace and compassion. And what will melt your heart is when you remember just what Jesus Christ has done for you. He came to save the ungodly and the sinners. So be encouraged here. Let's think about the words that we say. Let's and think about the thoughts that we have. Our thoughts matter. They, the tongue is, is strong enough to guide a whole ship. That's the analogy that James writes about in, in his book. That was James, the brother of Jesus, the power in the tongue. And, and we can go back a little further and say the power in our thoughts. So today I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to think about what you're thinking about. I want to challenge you to hold back your tongue when you're tempted to say something about someone that, that goes far beyond just sharing life and say, Hey, did you hear that Sally got a promotion at work? Yeah. She's been working so hard or, you know, you know, you're sharing life and you're talking about other people in that way. And certainly it's okay to have a friend, a confidant with whom you share all your feelings. Certainly that's Christ and the spirit, but maybe you have someone in human form that you value that, you know, your mentor, I have a couple of mentors in my life and, and I share with them my, my deepest thoughts. And sometimes th those are ungodly thoughts that I have. And I share those and you can do that too, because your intent there is not to malign or viciously attack someone else or promote something that may not be true about them, but instead it's to ask for help and guidance and wisdom on handling a difficult situation in your life. And there's a big difference there. And, and then also let's just think about how we can be a part of the solution in someone else's life. And also sometimes I have to walk away from people who are gossiping. Do you do that? Or do you change the subject? Because you just don't want to go there. You don't want your mind to get used to talking about someone like that. And you want to steer the conversation away so that you can either point out their good points and their strong suits, or you can somehow shift the conversation altogether. So I know it's not easy, but let you and I be characterized by walking in love with our thoughts and by walking in love with the words that we say. So until next time, God bless you. And I hope you have a great week. Stay tuned with, with me. Stay connected. I, I want to hear from you. If you want a thought clarity session, that's kind of my jam. You and I can talk together and we can figure out what some of these negative toxic thoughts might be. And we can find the replacement thoughts to get you headed in a new direction. Absolutely free. But I only take a few each month because that's all I can handle at present. But I would love to, to help you with that. And also, if you didn't know, I wrote a devotional. It's 365 devotionals called Choose to Think find peace, joy, patience, hope, health every day. And you're going to love that. Matter of fact, next year after when I, um, 
update the the version and when I get it on Audible, we're going to have an actual club that you can join called the Brain Changers Club, like Choose to Think Brain Changers Club, something along those lines of Sender Development Now, where you and I are going to go through that devotional in a group setting the entire year. And we are going to connect and we're going to do life together. And we're going to realize, I'm going to help you get on the road to really being a true brain changer so that you can live a life of peace and health and hope and freedom every single day. So you stay connected with me, pop on over to the website. It's, it's choose to think.co that's with the number two and it's .co co. And of course, subscribe to this podcast on Apple. If you're listening there, write a review. I would love it. It would mean the world to me or share the episode link with someone. If you find value in this shout out, share and tag me because I want to know, and I appreciate your support. So God bless you. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.